Chapter 20 of Among the Trees at Elmridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy at Play. Among the Trees at Elmridge by Ella Rodman Church. Chapter 20 more winter trees the firs and the spruces there were some beautiful evergreens on the lawn at elmridge and although the foliage seemed dark in summer it gave the place a very cheerful look in winter when other trees were quite bare while the birds flew in and out of them so constantly that spring seemed to have come long before it really did arrive this balsam fir said miss harson as they stood near a tall beautiful tree that tapered to a point as you see a straight smooth trunk and tapers regularly and rapidly to the top you will notice too that the leaves which are needle-shaped and nearly flat do not grow in clusters but singly that their color is peculiar there are faint white lines on the upper part and a silvery blue tinge beneath and this silvery look is produced by many lines of small shining resinous dots the deep green bark striped with grey is full of balsam or resin known as the balm of gilead or canada blossom and highly valued as a cure for diseases of the lungs the long cones are erect or standing and grow thickly near the ends of the upper branches they have round bluish purple scales the soft colour has a very pretty effect on the tree they ripen every year and the lively little squirrel as he is called feasts upon them as the crossbill does on the cones of the stone pine but the mischievous little animal also barks the bows and gnaws off the tops of the leading shoots so that many trees are injured and defaced by his depredations he is a lively little squirrel observed malcolm how does he race but he doesn't gnaw trees does he no i think not for he prefers staying in the woods and fields but fir woods are his especial delight our balsam fir is the american sister of the silver fir of europe both having bluish green foliage with a silvery undersurface in a single row on either side of the branches which curve gracefully upward at the ends the tree has a peculiarly light airy appearance until it is old when there is little foliage except at the ends of the branches the silver fir is one of the tallest trees on the continent of europe and it is remarkable for the beauty of its form and foliage and the value of its timber i know what this tree is said clara turning to an evergreen of stately form and graceful drooping branches that almost touched the ground it's norway spruce papa told me this morning yes replied her governess and a beautiful tree it is like the fir in many respects but the bark is rougher and the cones droop the branches too are lower and more sweeping but the fir and the spruce are more alike than many sisters and brothers 
the scotch fir about which there are many interesting things to be learned is more rugged looking and the norway spruce which will bear studying too is more grand and majestic i know this one miss harrison said little edith as they came to a sweeping hemlock near the bay window of the dining room yes dear was the reply hemlock lodge has made you feel very well acquainted with the tree after which it is named it is one of the most beautiful of the evergreens with its widely spreading branches and their delicate fringe-like foliage but although the branches are ornamental for church and house decoration they are very perishable and drop their small needles almost immediately when placed in a heated room and now continued the young lady we have come back to warm piazza days again and can have our talk in the open air so on the piazza they speedily established themselves with miss harson in the low comfortable chair and her audience on the crimson cushions that have been piled up in the corner we shall find a great deal about the fir tree said miss harson as it is very hardy and rugged and as common in all northern regions as the white birch quite as useful too as we shall soon see this rugged species which is generally called the scotch fir is not so smooth and handsome as our balsam fir but it is a tree which the people who live near the great northern forests of europe could not easily do without it belongs to the great pine family and is often called a pine but in the countries of great britain especially it is called the scotch fir although well shaped it is not a particularly elegant-looking tree the branches are generally gnarled and broken and the style of the tree is more sturdy than graceful the scotch fir often grows to a height of a hundred feet and the bark is of a reddish tinge it is one of the most useful of the tribe and like the bountiful palm confers the greatest blessing on the inhabitants of the country where it grows it serves the peasants of the bleak barren parts of sweden and lapland for food the scanty supply of meal often runs short and they go to the pine to eke it out they choose the oldest and least resinous of the branches and take out the inner bark they first grind it in a mill and then mix it with their store of meal after this it is worked into dough and made into cakes like pancakes the bark bread is a valuable addition to their slender resources and sometimes the young shoots are used as well as the bark indeed so largely is this store of food drawn upon that many trees have been destroyed and in some places the forest is actually thinned they're as bad as the squirrels said malcolm but how i should hate to eat such stuff it may not be so very bad replied his governess some people think that only white bread is fit to eat but i think that kitty's brown bread is rather light in this family the children all laughed for didn't papa declare with such a sober face that they were eating him out of house and home in brown bread alone kitty too pretended to grumble because the plump loaves disappeared so fast but she said to herself at the same time 
Bless their hearts, let them eat. It's better than a doctor's bill. A great many other things besides pancakes are made from the tree, continued Miss Harson. And the fresh green tops furnish very nice carpets. There was a faint, oh, at this, but after all, it was not so surprising as the cakes had been. They are scattered on the floors of houses, as rushes used to be, in all times in England, and thus they serve as carpet and prevent the mud and dirt that stick to the shoes of the peasants from staining the floor, and when trodden on, the leaves give out a most agreeable aromatic perfume. I like that part, said Clara. But you cannot have one part without taking it all. Almost everything you see has a pleasant side. The peasant finds no limit to the use of the pine. Of its bark he makes the little canoe, which is to carry him along the river. It is simple in its construction, and as light as possible. When he comes within safe distance of one of those gushing, foaming cataracts that he meets with in his course, he pushes his canoe to land and carries it on his shoulders until the danger is past. Then he launches it again and paddles merrily onward. Not a single nail is used in his canoe. The planks are tightly secured together by a natural cordage made of the roots of the pine. He splits them of the right thickness, and with very little preparation, they form exactly the material he needs. Malcolm evidently had some idea of making a canoe of this kind, but he became discouraged when his governess reminded him that he could not cut down trees, and that his father would prefer having them left standing. It did not seem necessary to speak of any difficulties in the way of putting the boat together. Another use for the fur is to light up the poor hut of the peasant. He splits up the branches into laths and makes them into torches. If he wants a light, he takes one of the laths and kindles it at the fire. Then he fixes it in a rude frame, which serves him for a candlestick. The light is very brilliant while it lasts, but is soon spent, and he is in darkness again. The same use is made of the pine. It is no unusual circumstance in the Scotch pine woods to come upon a tree with the trunk scooped out from each side and carried away. The cottager has been to fetch material for his candles, but this somewhat rough usage does not hurt the tree, and it continues green and healthy. In our southern states, pine fat with resin is called light wood, and is used for the same purpose. Oh, that's an easy way of getting candles, said Clara. Easy, perhaps, compared with the trouble of moulding them, replied Miss Harson. But I do not think we should fancy either way of preparing them. Is there anything to tell about the spruce tree? asked Malcolm. It is too much like the fir, replied his governess to have any very distinct character. But there are species here, known as the white and black spruce, besides the hemlock. But the children thought that hemlock was hemlock. How did it come to be spruce? 
because it has the family features leaves solitary and very short cones pendulous or hanging with the scales thin at the edge and the fruit ripens in a single year the hemlock spruce as it is sometimes called is i think the most beautiful of the family it is distinguished from all the other pines by the softness and delicacy of its tuffled foliage from the spruce by its slender tapering branchlets and the smoothness of its limbs and from the balsam fir by its small terminal cones by the irregularity of its branches and the gracefulness of its whole appearance the delicate green of the young trees forms a rich mass of verdure and at this season each twig has on the end a tuft of new leaves yellowish-green in colour and making a beautiful contrast to the darker hue of last year's foliage the bark of the trunk is reddish and that of the smooth branches and small twigs is light grey the branchlets are very small light and slender and are set irregularly on the sides of the small branches so that they form a flat surface this arrangement renders them singularly well adapted to the making of brooms a use of the hemlock familiar to housekeepers in the country towns throughout new england the leaves which are extremely delicate and of a silvery whiteness on the under side are arranged in a row on each side of the branchlets the slender thread-like stems on which they grow make them move easily with the slightest breath of wind and this with a silvery hue underneath gives to the foliage a glittering look that is very pretty but i think you can all tell me when the hemlock is prettiest mm, oh after a snowstorm said clara don't we all look almost the first thing at the tree by the dining-room window yes replied miss harson it is a beautiful sight with the snow lying on it in masses and the dark green of the leaves peeping through the branches put forth irregularly from all parts of the trunk and lie one above another each bending over at its extremities upon the surface of those below like the feathers upon the wings of a bird in soft downy plumes they look with the snow resting on them and making them more featherly than ever so they are like feathers said malcolm to whom this was a new idea i'll look for them the next time it snows yet he was going to add that he wished it would snow to-morrow but remembering that it was only the beginning of june and that miss harrison had shown them how each season has its pleasures he stopped just in time the pretty little cones of the hemlock which grow very thickly on the tree have a crimson tinge at first and turn to a light brown they are found hanging on the ends of the small branches and they fall during the autumn and winter this tree is a native of the coldest parts of north america where it is found in cool forests and it flourishes on granite rocks on the sides of hills exposed to the most violent storms the wood is firm and contains very little resin it is much used for building purposes a great quantity of tannin is obtained from the bark and when mixed with that of the oak it is valuable for preparing leather we have taken the prettiest of the spruces first 
continued Miss Harson. And now we must see what are the differences between them. The two species of American spruce, the black and the white, or as they are more commonly called, the double and the single, are distinguished from the fir and the hemlock in every stage of growth by the toughness of the bark on their branches, produced by little ridges running down from the base of each leaf, and by the disposition of the leaves which are arranged in spirals equally on every side of the young shoots the double is distinguished from the single spruce by the darker colour of the foliage whence its name of black spruce by the greater thickness in proportion to the length of the cones and by the looseness of its scales which are jagged or toothed on the edge it is a well-proportioned tree but stiff-looking and the dark foliage which never seems to change gives it a gloomy aspect the leaves are closely arranged in spiral lines the black spruce is never a very large tree but the wood is light elastic and durable and is valuable in shipbuilding for making ladders and for shingles the young shoots are much in demand for making spruce beer the white spruce is more slender and tapering, and the bark and leaves are lighter. The root is very tough, and the Canadian Indians make threads from the fibers with which they sew together the birch bark for their canoes. The wood is as valuable as that of the black spruce. Hmm, does the Norway spruce come from Norway? asked Clara. Yes, that is its native land where it presents its most grand and beautiful appearance there it rivals the palm in stature and even attains the height of one hundred and eighty feet its handsome branches spread out on every side and clothe the trunk to its base while the summit of the tree ends in an arrow-like point in very old trees the branches droop at the extremities and not only rest upon the ground but actually take root in it and grow thus a number of young trees are often seen clustering around the trunk of an old one why that's like the banyan tree said malcolm only there is a difference in the manner of growth for the branches of the banyan are some distance from the ground and send forth rootlets without touching it the Norway spruce is also the great tree of the Alps, where it seems to match the majestic scenery. The timber is valuable for building, and when sawed into planks, it is called white deal, while that of a Scotch fir is red deal. And now, said Miss Harson, before we leave the firs, let us see what is said about them in the Bible. They were used for shipbuilding in the city of Tyre, for the prophet Ezekiel says, They have made all thy shipboards of fir trees of Senea. And it is written that David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood. The same wood was used then in building houses, as you will find Malcolm, by turning to the Song of Solomon, 7th chapter, 17th verse. The beams of our house are cedar and are rafters of fir, read Malcolm. In Kings it is said, So Hiram gave Solomon cedar trees and fir trees according to his desire, 
and these trees were to be used for the very house or palace of which the jewish king speaks in his song evergreens are often mentioned in the bible and in that beautiful christmas chapter the sixtieth of isaiah you will find the fir tree again read the thirteenth verse clara the glory of lebanon shall come unto thee the fir tree the pine tree and the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary and i will make the place of my feet glorious mm, what is the glory of lebanon miss harrison the center of lebanon dear and we will now turn our attention to that and the other setters End of chapter 20 Recording by Joy at Play